Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. And boy, are we going to enjoy ourselves tonight because, you know, you know what the communist wants to talk about today? Well, hold on. Before we get to that, before we get to that, allow me to do a little setup here. One, the great Carol Roth is going to come on. We talk a lot about inflation and economy stuff. She's an expert on all that stuff. She's coming on an hour and a half from now. I am going to tell another history tale tonight. I'll try to keep it brief, but that may be coming sooner rather than later. I don't care. I'm telling some more history tonight. But before we get into everything in the show, allow me to explain what you're going to hear a lot of tonight. Important things. That's what you're going to hear a lot of. Yes, there's going to be our normal screw-off stuff. You're not going to hear unimportant things like the anniversary of the coup. You, you want to know how serious these people are about this being the, the anniversary of January 6th? Take a listen to Vice President Dome. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy... Not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. <laughs> what an idiot. What, what a bunch of moron losers we have that lead this country. Honestly. What a, so, so let me explain about tonight's show. It's not going to be a bunch of January 6th stuff. Obviously, you know, I don't give a crap about January 6th anyway, but I'm not going to spend the show refuting all the ridiculousness like that today. Worse than Pearl Harbor, what's she talking about? Okay, Kamal Harris is a moron. All right, you're a moron. So we're going to talk about important things tonight because it is critical 
that we understand, that you understand and that I understand at all times, you need to be talking about every single thing the communist doesn't want you talking about. If your government, your FBI, the Democratic Party, most of the Republican Party, definitely your media, if these people are telling you, look at this, look at this thing here, this is the news, look at this, that tells you you should be looking somewhere else. If they're telling you the sky is green, don't be fooled. It's still blue. It's January 6th today. You want to know what a gigantic deal is right now that people aren't talking about at all? You know what a really big deal is? Well, the president has dementia. The the president of the United States of America is not a fully functional adult. And he has gigantic responsibilities. He has world-changing decisions he has to make on a regular basis. And he is not able to pour himself a bowl of Fruity Pebbles without falling inside of it and needing a snorkel. That's the truth. That's what we have right now in this country. If I told you the guy who trims your flowers, maybe it's you, but the guy who trims the flowers in front of your uh, uh, neighborhood, if I told you that guy was not a functional adult, couldn't complete sentences, you would probably say, uh, can, we, can we get a hold of the Neighborhood Association and maybe get someone else? I don't, I don't really feel comfortable. I mean, the guy is out there. He's got, a, he's got a mower. He's got some little trimmers and sharp stuff. I mean, I'm not comfortable. He's not a functional adult. How about the guy with the nuclear codes? How about the guy who's compromised by the communist Chinese? Oh, we'll get into that in a little while. He is not a functional adult. And the president of the United States of America, just by virtue of being in that role, has to make life-changing decisions every day. That's something they don't want you talking about. So that's what we're going to talk about. You know what else we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about this a little bit right now because I'm sorry, I'm not letting it go. Your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, that, That wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, they didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Okay, that was a bald-faced lie. Every single person told Joe Biden, leave the 2,500 troops there, or at least let's get the civilians out first, and then let's pull the troops out. But no, that's not what happened. Instead, Joe Biden, because he wanted political points, remember, nothing is about country anymore. Your cultural leaders all hate your country. They all hate my country. All of them. They have no love of country. They're completely disconnected from reality. And they believe they should rule over you like kings. You've really seen this during the COVID thing, by the way, the ruling over you like kings. They all looked around and said, finally, we can get rid of this representative garbage, representative government garbage and move on to being kings and lords like we want to be. Anyway, back to Joe Biden. Because he doesn't love this country, nobody in his administration loves this country, he decided to yank 2,500 troops out. Good, fine, I'm glad they got to come home. But he left all our civilians there. And then the country began to collapse right away. Now, why did the country collapse right away? 
because the Taliban were the most professional fighting force in the nation besides us. And as soon as we pulled out, the biggest, baddest dudes on the block came storming through the country. And here's the thing. I have an IQ of a tree frog, and I knew that. I knew that. I knew the second we left, the Taliban would take over the nation. Everyone knew that with a brain. Why didn't the Biden administration know that would happen right away? Again, back to number two, completely disconnected from reality. So he pulls our guys out. We leave our civilians there. The country begins to fall immediately. And then the Biden administration, not worried about our civilians, begins to worry about what? Once again, politics, how it looks. Ooh, it looks bad. Remember Joe Biden and Jen Psaki and Blinken all went on vacation while this was happening? While this was happening. Does it sound like I'm fired up tonight? It's because I am. When I talk about this stuff, it gets my blood pressure up. And so they scramble that, well, this looks bad politically, guys. What do we do, guys? What do they do? They turn around and they send our guys back. Only they don't send them back to the base, you know, a base that's secured. You have certain ways in, certain ways out, very secure at the base. They send them just down to the airport. It's just an airport, not a military airport, just an airport. And they had our men and women standing in the middle of gigantic crowds right outside of the airport. Already a humongous security risk, especially in a nation where there are suicide bombers. Oh, the suicide bombers. I forgot to mention. When we pulled ourselves out of Bagram Air Base there in Afghanistan, we had jail cells full of ISIS prisoners ISIS is a major force within Afghanistan. What did we do when we packed up our stuff and left? Oh, here's the keys, guys. Good luck. We turned all the committed ISIS prisoners, the death cult, we turned them all loose. We send our men and women back to that airport. We stand them in a massive crowd of people. One of the members of that death cult who we just turned loose decided to strap a bunch of explosives to his body. He strolled right up to our troops, not just our men and women, by the way, Afghan civilians, men, women, children, all kinds of babies, strapped a bunch of explosives to his body, walked up to them and incinerated himself and 13 of our warriors. Joe Biden did that. This didn't happen. It wasn't, well, stuff happens in war. Joe Biden, his ineptitude, his selfishness, his hatred of the United States of America, that's what got those 13 warriors killed. Oh, and I think now is probably a good time also to mention when they brought what was left of their bodies home in coffins and their parents were standing there watching what was left of their sons and daughters be hauled out the back of a plane in a coffin, the president had to show up, right? The president, there's still pictures of it, checked his watch. Not once. We're not talking a one-off. The parents have gone on record and said Joe Biden looked bored and was checking his watch the entire time when he was talking to the parents of the dead warriors that were his responsibility. 
So, no, we're not talking about January 6th tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, I have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Afghanistan. We're going to talk about the border. We're going to talk about the economy. Kyle Rittenhouse, Daryl Brooks in Waukesha. Oh, I haven't forgotten. The receipts are coming tonight. We're going to talk about what they don't want us to talk about. 877-377-4373. Gosh, I'm fired up tonight. Now, listen. I do have some good news, though, on, on, on the good front. There's actually a brand new sale going on for my pillow right now. I told you that last one was a limited time only. Well, you know they have the Giza Dream Sheets, right? I've told you a million times about the Giza Dream Sheets. Right now, if you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE, they're buy one, get one free. Now, they're the best sheets. Everyone, everyone knows Giza is the world's best cotton. Mike Lindell took a long time figuring these things out. You know, they're real soft and they're, they're, they're snug, yet they're durable. They last forever. Well, when I bought mine, I didn't get buy one, get one free. You do. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Use the promo code JESSE and you get them buy one, get one free. Or call 800-845-0544. Just tell them JESSE told you to call. They make it super easy, as you can imagine. They'll take care of you. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I told you we're, we're not letting them set the narrative anymore tonight. We're not going to do what every single other person has done left and right and talk about January 6th all night. That's what they want us talking about. They don't want us talking about Joe Biden getting 13 of our warriors incinerated in Afghanistan. They're desperate for you to shut up about that. They're desperate for you to not talk about him checking his watch when he met with the parents. And you know what else they don't want you talking about? They don't want you talking about the fact that we now have a terrorist hotbed in Afghanistan of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. And I just want to make sure people remember this because this, it's so easy for us to forget. I forget sometimes, too. I'm sure you probably do, too. You forget what it was like when those dirt balls were tearing things up across the planet. You forget what it was like when they shot up that nightclub, that ISIS guy shot up that nightclub in Florida. You remember that? Do you remember that? And do you remember how depraved the Obama administration was? The guy mentioned ISIS a bunch on the 911 call, and your FBI censored the call, censored out the references? Well, I mean, you think those days are past. They can't ever come back. We have a wide-open border. Here's General Milley talking about Afghanistan. A reconstituted al-Qaeda or ISIS with aspirations to attack the United States is a very real possibility. And those conditions to include activity in ungoverned spaces could present themselves in the next 12 to 36 months. 12 to 36 months. Wide open border, terrorist hotbed of a nation. We left with no plan whatsoever. And see, the thing is, you can't make people care now. You probably don't even care that much now. I'm sure you care, but not that much, right? That's the thing. You don't care until the buildings fall, do you? You don't care until someone gets shot. You don't care till you remember, I think it was, I probably have it wrong. I think it was in the UK somewhere. I believe it was London and they had a children's concert and some ISIS guy with a nail bomb waited for all the kids to come out and blew a bunch of kids up with a nail bomb. Then it becomes real, doesn't it? Oh, speaking of kids, don't worry. I'll get right back to Afghanistan. Do you see this for poor, poor New York City, man. 
poor New York City. Teachers union factions ramp up pressure on New York City to go remote over the COVID surge. And this is what I'm talking about. You know, we, we've been talking about this a lot, how the crazy nut jobs have taken over the Democratic Party. A lot of New Yorkers are thrilled about Eric Adams coming. Oh, I'm like, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to in-person schools. Eric Adams ain't pulling the strings in New York City. Well, Joe Biden's more moderate. Uh, he's, a, he's a moderate guy. Joe Biden is not pulling the strings in the Democratic Party. Oh, back to Afghanistan. Uh, I'm not going to just gloss over this fact either. So one of the most eye-rolling things in the world, or at least it has been for years, is when you get American communists trying to defend terrorists by saying, well, we went over there and we created the terrorists. Because lots of time that was garbage. That was complete garbage, you know. But let me ask you something. Do you remember what Joe Biden's response to our guys getting incinerated over there was? We, because it was all about politics, remember? They knew they had to do something and they had to do something fast. They weren't worried about doing the right thing, mind you. They just wanted to do something fast, get something splashy in the headlines. So they sent a Reaper drone out. It incinerated an aid worker who'd worked with the United States of America. But not only did it incinerate an aid worker who worked with us, it killed nine other people as well. Seven of those people were children. Have you looked at the pictures of those adorable little kids? Some of them little kids. Back to what we were just talking about, terrorists, American soil. What if that was your little sister? What if that was your little sister and a Reaper drone just incinerated her and then you watched as the Pentagon did a, quote, internal audit to see what exactly went wrong. And at the end of that internal audit, they came out and said publicly, well, uh, psh, look, hey, it's no one's fault. We will. We looked into it. Maybe, uh, what did he say? Something about a, a damaged process, some stupid political word, Kirby. Oh, well, look, there was a process problem. Uh, it was nobody's fault. Okay, so nobody's going to get demoted? Oh, no, 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 no. Nobody's going to get demoted or reprimanded. No big deal. So you just watched an adorable child get incinerated? And then you watched America, who incinerated her, say, well, not our problem. Good luck. Brother, that is how you create terrorism. That is. You have him, Chris? Oh, play with this dirtball set. How does it strike you that no one is held accountable? Because I know how it strikes a lot of people around the I world, do. that you can get away with murder and nobody's punished for it. I do understand that. We, we, we appreciate that not everybody's going to uh, support this decision. Uh, what I can tell you is we looked at this thing very, very comprehensively. And again, we acknowledge that there were procedural breakdowns. Processes were not uh, executed the way they should have been. But it doesn't necessarily indicate that, uh, that an individual or individuals have to be held to account for that. But look, uh, is there, this is, is one... There Discipline inside the Pentagon at all? I mean, maybe there are no charges brought up, but is anyone demoted or disciplined for what happened that what day? We're, what we are going to do, there's, no, there's not going to be individual discipline as a result of this, Willie. But what we are going to do is learn from this, uh, and we're going to enact and improve our procedures and our processes to try to make sure this doesn't happen again. You incinerated seven children with the Reaper drone. What, what are going to be the repercussions? <laughs> repercussions? We're going to learn from this. We're learning. We're going to use big politician words like comprehensive, and then we're going to learn. Well, it's a learn fest. That's how you create terrorists who come across the southern border and, and feel totally justified incinerating American civilians. And you know I'm right.
Oh, don't just think it's all going to be about Afghanistan. I'm moving on. I have more things I'd like to talk about, more things the regime doesn't want us talking about. Oh, I have plenty to talk about tonight. I mean plenty to talk about. You know you know what? I'll tell you where I think we're going to go next. This will be fun. We're going to go to Waukesha. We're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse just briefly, but we're going to talk about Waukesha. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a little town in Wisconsin. It's a little town in Wisconsin where a racist black nationalist got in his SUV and mowed down over 60 white people on purpose. We're going to go to Waukesha and we're going to have a chat about something else the regime doesn't want you talking about. Oh, there's plenty to talk about tonight. It's going to be a blast. Don't forget, by the way, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email your questions in now, right now, to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. For you new listeners... There are no rules. It's ask me anything. It doesn't have to be politics. It could be uh, history, food, men, women, employment, travel. It doesn't matter. It could be stupid scenarios. I don't care. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Hang on a second. Let's talk about more things the communist doesn't want us to talk about. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, an hour from now, we have economics expert Carol Roth coming on. She's always so sharp. She explains really complicated things to dumb people like me, Chris, and I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm going to get back to I'm going to get back to uh, things the communists don't want us talking about tonight here in just a moment. But I I touched on this briefly earlier. I want to bring it up again. Teachers union factions ramp up pressure on New York City to go remote over the COVID surge. You're going to see this a lot nationally, too. Eric Adams is a new New York City mayor. He came out and said, hey, I don't want to close any more schools because, remember, parents are fleeing. I mean, they are fleeing New York because of this. Even New York lovers, are they're losing their city. Eric Adams, trying to stop the bleeding, has said we need the kids in school learning. But what have I been telling you about Eric Adams, Joe Biden, look, Gavin Newsom, pick your one. You think the elected official is the one calling the shots. That's very rarely the case, especially when it comes to the Democratic Party. You mark my words, Eric Adams, he's going to lose that fight. The Democrats have gone all in on school closures for COVID for a reason, because that's what teachers unions want. The teachers' unions run the Democrat Party, not vice versa. That's the problem they're facing. And look, you got to feel for you. Look, you got to feel for those kids, man. Even if you don't feel for New Yorkers, you got to feel for those kids getting that phone call again. Sorry, no more time with friends. Get back in your closet and learn math. God, that sucks. I, I, I'm going to get back to the things the communists don't want us talking about here in a second. But I have to address this because I just saw it just as we were coming back from a break. The headline is from CNBC. Young employees are losing out on a lot by not going to the office, business experts say. All right. Now, this is not going to be for everyone, but this is most definitely going to be to young employees. CEOs, not talking to you. Young employees, hear me out. There is no substitute for being there. I know this is the era of technology. No, I can just Skype it in. We'll just email. Hear me out. Hear me out. 
This is what's happening right now in the country. And I talk to these guys who run these small businesses all the time. I had a couple big business guys, but restaurant managers. I'm always talking to this, these people. Here's what they're going through right now. If you're a manager, business owner, boss, whatever. You cannot get people to come to work. You can't. I have brought up several times repeatedly my vacation I was on. What, Chris? <laughs> no, no, seriously, in Florida. I saw a lot of people yelling at the resort employees. A lot of them. Do this. Don't do that. What's wrong with you? I've been waiting forever for a table. And so I started talking to the employees whenever everything would die down. Because I don't do that. I, I, just do, I won't do that. In fact, one day they... uh. Uh, we were trying to get an umbrella on the beach, you know, so we can, you know, sip pina coladas, Chris, and sit on the beach with the kiddos. And the guy said, man, we're all out of umbrellas. Sorry. I said, oh, no big deal, man. We'll just go hang out in the water. And he said, oh, well, thanks for being cool about it. No one else is. I'm like, what? I wasn't so cool about anything. And so I start talking to these people. And what, what the managers, what the business owners are telling me is this. They cannot find people to come to work. People, because of all this unemployment insanity, all the COVID insanity, people don't want to come to work. Okay, so that means a couple things. One, you're going to have reduced customer service in every single field because you can't get quality people to come to work. So you're stuck with the guy who did. And if the guy who did come to work sucks, you as a manager don't have the freedom to fire him because you don't have someone lined up behind him to come into work. You have to keep that idiot hired on. Now, what's this have to do with you and coming to work and whatnot? Hear me out. Hear me out. If you're a young person in the market today, whatever the field is, I don't care if you work construction, restaurant, law, finance. I don't care what you do. If you're the guy or girl who shows up on time every day and you kill it, you show up and you get the job done every day. Not just there. No complaints. No office gossip. Remember that. Show up on time. Don't leave early. Follow simple instructions and return to your boss only once given task is complete. You in this market, because it's so full of idiots and people staying home, you're going to get promoted faster than your parents ever did, than your grandparents ever did, because it's wide open in front of you. The manager's looking, okay, I've got 10 people in the office. Uh, I'd fire six of them if I could because they're idiots. But, well, there's Amber. Amber's been here every single day on time, um, dressed to the nines, uh, doesn't complain, doesn't gossip. Doesn't gossip. I give Amber tasks. Amber's getting tasks done. Who do you think he's going to be looking to come promotion time? You might be several promotions ahead by the time all this insanity stops, go ahead, be the youngest manager in your company's history. I'm sorry, that's a weird side tangent, but I just saw it and I just want you to hear me here. If you're young, and I know they're going to give you the option too, right? Look, I understand you're scared, Bill. Stay home. I know how tempting that is. I'm not naive. Wake up. I guess I'll keep the pajama balls bottoms on. I don't know if I'm going to shower or not today. I, I know that feels good. I know, Look, I love a lazy day as much as anybody. I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not acting like I'm Johnny Workhart over here. I talk on the radio and TV for a living. I know it's tempting when they give you the option to stay home. Say, no, sir, I'll be in the office first thing. And show up every single day and kill it. And you get a side benefit from all this, too. Personal proximity means a lot, a lot. 
You know what they don't do when it's Friday, about one, and you know, most of the office is working from home, but a couple people have decided to come into the office and the boss wraps up a meeting and he's, he's seeing the barn, he's, you know, smelling the barn, same way you are weekends, almost here. And he comes out right after lunch and says, you know what? Forget this, man. I'm, I'm going to golf. I'm going to go play 18 holes. I'm done with the day. You know what he's not going to do in that moment? He's not going to Zoom call everyone at home and say, anyone want to come play golf with me? But he may look right there to the left at you in that office, showed up, been working, busting your butt all week, and say, hey, Bob, you got some clubs? You golf? Let's go play some golf. Let's get out of here. Show up to work. Show up to work. All right? All right. Enough of that for now. Back to what we were talking about before. You know what? I got to get to a phone call or two, as promised. 877-377-4373. Vincent in Jersey. Go, bud. Good evening. Um, I personally have faith in the American people. I personally believe, based upon what I've seen, that Joe Biden should never have been placed into the presidency, that Donald Trump should have rightfully been reelected. And I think that's the reason why this country is in such a mess, because underhanded communists or whatever they want to call themselves stole that election. And we're reeling from it now, and no one wants to talk about it. And they say it's baseless and there's no evidence, but there's a tremendous amount of base to it. And there's a tremendous amount of evidence just because social media shuts it down and the liberal media refuses to report on it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'll stop you when you're wrong. (laughs) They do it all the time. Look, there are a lot of genuine conspiracy theorists out there that believe crazy things. The most deranged nut job wackadoodle conspiracy theorist in America today is the one who says, oh, that was a totally fair election. Nothing happened. Okay, get serious. Now, we can argue about the degree. Obviously, we can argue about the degree. But something happens in every election. Democrats cheat, especially in cities, in every election. They they always have. So don't tell me we miraculously, with all that mail-in voting, got the first election where it was all on the up and up. Don't tell me that at all. It's craziness. All right, I got I got sidetracked. We're going to go back and we're going to talk about Waukesha. We're going to continue talking about all the things they want us to shut up about. Next. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido. Yay! I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, it hurt me to cut in with Frito. Look, I just wanted to let the man sing, Chris. I wanted to let the man sing. I wanted to serenade all of us. <laughs> Remember, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Obviously, as you know, as you can probably tell for you new listeners, it's a little different. This show's a little different. Friday is really different. Friday, there's no guests. There's no calls. There's no nothing. we, We don't really get to headlines unless there's some major story. The entire show is me reading your emailed questions and just re- responding in such a brilliant way, Chris. Really, re- what? Chris, extra brilliant. The email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 
Freaking Gothamist. What a trash. What a trash publication. Dozens of insurrectionists from New York and New Jersey were charged with the January 6th riot. Insurrectionists. Nobody had a gun. No one had a gun. And allow me to say one thing before I get back to this uh, Waukesha things. We're talking about all the things we're not supposed to talk about tonight. For you communists out there worried about an insurrection of some kind, the right is violent. There's going to be a coup. There's going to be an insurrection. Do you have any idea how many guns in the, how many guns the right has in this country? How much ammunition they have? I really, I really genuinely mean this. Do you, do you understand that the American right has more guns and ammunition than every branch of the American military and every single police force in the country combined? And I mean comfortably more. You, you do get that if the hundred. 150 million people in this country on the right wanted to have an insurrection. Brother, I'd already be sitting on a throne in the White House. Okay? Nothing would stop it if people on the right were genuinely violent. Count your blessings. We're not. We just want to be left alone. Now, I would stop picking at us if I were you, but we just want to be left alone. That's all we want. Believe me, if the right in this country ever turns violent, I promise you'll know about it. I guarantee it. Back to what we're not supposed to be talking about. You remember Waukesha? You remember what happened there? Let's let's just recap. Let's let's rewind a little bit, all right? You see last summer a drug dealer named St. George Floyd. He wasn't a saint yet. He hadn't been sainted yet, but he was just George Floyd at the time. A drug dealer named George Floyd got in a run-in with the law over some counterfeit money or something like that. Cop ends up trying to arrest Floyd while well, arresting Floyd. Has his knee on his upper back, his neck. I don't know. I hear a lot of conflicting reports. I'm not here to talk about it, nor do I care. It looked bad in the internet video because Floyd was wigging out on fentanyl at the time and he was all sweaty and he was calling for his mom and it, it, just, it looked terrible, right? It was a really bad looking video. Floyd dies. Immediately in the wake of this, it's, it's presented to the American public as some race-based thing, even though to this day there's never been even a tiny bit of evidence showing that cop was racially motivated at all or had a racist bone in his body. But setting that aside... Boom, fires ignite all over the nation because George Soros and all the scumbag communists realized they could organize Antifa and Black Lives Matter to burn down American cities and defund the police departments. And that's what they did. And eventually they ended up in a place called Kenosha, Wisconsin. And it was mainly Antifa, not so much Black Lives Matter in Kenosha. And they were burning the place down. Kyle Rittenhouse was a 17-year-old man. He went down there because the town was being torched and he was actually a trained medic. He went down there to, one, clean up graffiti. He's on videotape cleaning up graffiti. And, two, give anyone medical attention because those riots at night can be dangerous things. Remember, this politics thing is a contact sport. Well, he also had been asked by a local car dealer if he would stand at the car dealership with his AR-15 so the Antifa street animals didn't burn down his car dealership. Then a child molester decided to attack, I mean a felon, multiple-time child molester attacked Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, tried to grab his weapon. Kyle defended himself, killed him. 
Then another felon attacked Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself and killed him too. And then another guy tried to grab him and Kyle Rittenhouse shot him in the arm. And what's wild about this is all these clear-cut cases of self-defense, they were all on videotape. They were videotaped. It wasn't like it took a genius to figure out what happened. We all saw basically the first night what happened. Okay, kid's defending himself. Some violent mob was coming after him, defending himself. Because we live in a country full of communist prosecutors, they decide they're going to make an example of Kyle Rittenhouse. They throw the handcuffs on him. They send him to jail. They charge him with murder. And then we had a trial about a year later. Kyle Rittenhouse goes through the trial. I don't have to recap the whole thing for you, but goes through the trial, testifies on his own behalf. All the video comes out. Really, anyone and their brother could see he was not guilty the whole time anyway. But unsurprisingly, the jury comes out not guilty. Now, remember, in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, the left went crazy. But in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, They went really, really crazy. Do you remember Tiffany Cross of MSNBC? Do you remember when Tiffany Cross said this? I find these people disgusting, Ellie. I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing. It's trial, it's other trials. But this in particular, the fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist and the fact that he gets to walk the streets freely, it lets you know these people have access to instituting uh, laws. They represent the legislative branch of this country. What are we to make of that? White supremacist. He's a white supremacist and letting another white supremacist, white supremacy, white supremacist all over the news time after time after time. NAACP president comes out right away and says this is worse than Emmett Till. It was an injustice. This was worse than the Emmett Till trial. This was worse to so many trials where we know for a fact this is unbelievable. He said that murder and yet they were not worse than Emmett Till. Okay, you heard that in news story after news story after news story. White supremacy? and There were only white people involved. Worse than Emmett Till, white supremacist, racist, KKK. And here's the thing about rhetoric like that. Rhetoric is powerful. Rhetoric matters. Labels you assign to people, they matter a lot. They're really, really important. Maybe not for you. Maybe not for me. But there are a lot of violent, stupid, deranged people in this society. And enough rhetoric, it might inspire them to do something. It might inspire them to do something unspeakable. And so after days and days of this rhetoric, Daryl Brooks got in an SUV. And we'll tell the rest of that tale here in just a moment. Now, listen to me. We need strong men to stand guard of this nation. Now and forever. But we really need men to be strong now. When I tell you every single day about chalk, C-H-O-Q, chalk, I mean it. Testosterone levels dropping is not just, oh, well, it's a chemical imbalance. It's a really, really, really big deal. Fellas, we got to be stronger now than ever because we got some rough times coming. I take two things every day, only two. These are natural herbal supplements, by the way, and Chalk's an American company. Natural herbal supplements. I take Chalk daily, and I take their Tongcat 100. I take them every single day, and I always will. And if you go to choq.com and use the promo code JESSE, you get 50% off right now. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. Go. 
Do like what? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jesse Kelly show and we are tackling the actual important issues tonight not January 6th the stuff they don't want us talking about remember if you missed any part of the show tonight you can catch the whole thing on iHeart Google Spotify and iTunes on iTunes I should mention leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. It's important. It's important for the show. Chris, we have new ones too, don't we? <laughs> There's like a thousand of them at this point in time. Management has to be so furious. <laughs> All right. Back to what we were talking about before. They don't want you talking about Waukesha. They don't want you to know who Daryl Brooks is. But let me tell you who Daryl Brooks is. A racist, a racist violent Black nationalists who hates white people. He had Black Lives Matter all over his social media. And in the wake of Kyle Rittenhouse's not guilty verdict, he listened to people like Tiffany Cross and the NAACP and all these other people say white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. And then he got in his SUV. And he drove through. They were having a big Christmas parade there, the kids and the bands, and they had the dancing grannies. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of seeing the dancing grannies in a parade. Don't shake your head, Chris. They're legit entertaining. They're awesome. And he got in his SUV, and he mowed all those people down. Jackson Sparks is the name of an eight-year-old boy who was at that parade that night. He was there with his brother, his older brother. Jackson Jackson Sparks met his end that night underneath Daryl Brooks's SUV. Jackson Sparks's parents just had Christmas, and Jackson Sparks wasn't there opening gifts because he's dead. Daryl Brooks did that. He did that on purpose. He did that because they were white, and he did that because the American media encouraged him to do that. Don't tell me about January 6th. Don't tell me I'm supposed to give a crap about some congressman pooping in his knickers when a couple idiots walk into the Capitol. Don't, don't, don't ever tell me I'm supposed to care about that. Don't you dare. You remember when Kamala Harris did this? Kamala Harris, she promoted a bail fund. You see right after George Floyd, he was already dead. So he'd been, he's now a saint. So he was St. George Floyd. Now he was dead and they came up with the Minnesota Freedom Fund. What was the Minnesota Freedom Fund? Well, it was part of this insane American communist agenda to spring violent criminals free from jail. 
Kamala Harris decided to promote this Freedom Fund. She did. And then this Freedom Fund got a man named George Howard. They got him out on bail. Good for Kamala. Good for Dome. All right? Good for good for you. I guess you don't totally suck. George Howard then went on and murdered somebody. Mr. Luis Damian Martinez Ortiz was 38 years old, and he ran into George Howard, who Kamala Harris bailed out of jail. Luis, Luis Damian Martinez Ortiz didn't get to celebrate Christmas this year with his family because he's dead because of Kamala Harris. Don't tell me to care about January 6th because I don't. I don't care about it at all. That We're just going to pause here for one second because you know how tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday and you can send emails, love, hate, death threats, and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. That's for tomorrow. And I always tell you I read every email. They all go right to Chris. They don't come to me. They go to Chris. He prints them off, and I read them all. I'll never respond to you. I'm a very rude person, and I don't have time to respond anyway, but I do read every email. I think it's time to add some qualifiers to that. We got an email today, and it was this. I I know I'm not just doing this for effect. It's 10 pages, single-spaced. All right, single-spaced. Do keep in mind, though, I actually do believe in privacy. Even the death threats, I don't release the names. I'm the last private person on earth, so I'm not going to release this person's name. But I do think it would be entertaining for you to walk with me through the email. And on my life, on my life, I'm going to read this verbatim. No, I'm not going to read you 10 pages. I'm going to give you about 20 seconds of this. If you send me this... I'm not reading it. Are you ready to go? You ready to go? Buckle up, okay? <clears throat> Here we go. Emergency. Uh, and I do need to I need to clarify before I go into this. About every fifth or sixth word is in all capital letters. So when you see me do this, it's because it's capitalized and it doesn't necessarily make sense. So it's not going to sound like it makes sense. But look, if I have to go through this, you have to go through this with me, okay? Emergency. Please forward this email to Mr. Jesse Kelly. Hello, Jesse Kelly. Yeah, there was no period there. Okay, just just saying with me. I hate to say it, but you and your entire family were secretly chipped with mind control nanobots and linked in your brains to the NSA quantum computer AI hive global information grid long back because you are a very important influential person in the media. China is developing brain control weaponry, and this is a fact. But America reverse-engineered a human brain and already perfected mind-control weaponry. It's 10 pages of that. (laughs) So allow me to just say right now, from the bottom of my heart, that whole read every email thing, there are officially some qualifiers on there. You know what, Chris? I'm flipping to the back page. What if it gets better? What if it, hold on, hold on. We're going to the back page together. It might get better, Chris. You don't know. Oh, wow, this is intense. All right, we're just going to read that back a little bit. I have no more physical and mental energy left to phone for 24 minutes and talk to complete nonsense and refuse to let me file a complaint. <laughs> I mailed them via USPS last November 2020. Watch Illuminati only. and <laughs> That guy's awesome. But I'm, I'm not reading. I'm not going to read that. I, I can't read that. I can't read that. Oh, and by the way, back to the Daryl Brooks thing. 
Remember, isn't it funny how every single thing that happens that's even just slightly violent from the right is violent and it's terrorist and it's an insurrection, and yet the Waukesha police came out right away and said this after Daryl Brooks got in his car and mowed down 60 white people. I want to dispel some rumors. There's no pursuit that led up to this incident. This is not a terrorist event. Not a terrorist event. Hmm, That's funny. And remember, when Black Lives Matter was burning down every single major American city, this is what the American media had to say. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) And look, Let's just let's just mention this briefly here before we move on. Oh, oh, we're we're not done talking about scandals yet, not by a long shot. Let's let's mention this briefly here. When you tell people, any any population, any population at all, when you condition them to what is and isn't acceptable, well, they're going to learn. I mean, do you realize there are places still around the world today where political violence it's just kind of the norm. I don't want to say, I don't want to say accepted. You know that that's probably too far, but it's not unheard of. Oh yeah, they killed our guy. Oh, did you hear they killed our guy? It, it's just the norm, or or if not death, just in general fights. That's just how it was. If you ever do any reading on Rome, you know what? In fact, we're going to do a little history, but it's not going to be Rome. I'm going to do history when I get done with Carol Roth here in about 15 minutes. It'll be a little history. I'll be fast, Chris, but. When you go uh, study Rome, like any kind of Roman political history, you'll see that when Rome started to really, really go downhill and the Republic started to crumble and they were inching closer and closer to when they were going to become an empire with with a ruler, with an emperor, you really notice how political violence just kind of became the norm. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going out to campaign, but of course I have a gang of thugs with me because we might have to beat some people up. And then the other side started doing it, and then the other side started doing it. Be careful what you normalize, communists. People might just start thinking that's normal, huh? All right, we have more scandals the communists don't want us talking about here in just a second. But 
Remember I said I'm going to have Carol Roth on in 15 minutes from now? We're going to have a long talk with Carol about inflation and stagflation. Don't worry, she'll explain that to us. And hyperinflation and things that are coming. But no matter what's coming, we all know this. We all know it. The value of the dollar in your bank account right now is going to go down. My bank account, too. We're all going to get poorer. When I tell you to make one phone call to Oxford Gold Group, that's why I say it. It's actually not because I think I, I think it'd be really cool if you own some shiny gold. I just want to make sure you're not wiped out and I'm not wiped out if the disaster that might come actually comes. That's a big, big deal. Call 833-995-GOLD and here, tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. I know these guys personally. They're patriots. They have an excellent reputation for a reason. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Oxford will deliver gold to your front door. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. He was looking for the place called Lee Hole Fooks. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and thankfully, the guys printed off some of the iTunes reviews, and they just seem so honest and straightforward. What, Chris? Again, you can download the whole show on iArt, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. This one's titled, What, Chris? Enjoy the show as the delightfully handsome Oracle laughs his way through daily takedown of American communists. Sure, he's poorly educated. He's a poorly educated crayon eating troglodyte. Look up that word, Chris, but he's right. <laughs> you know, that's not very nice. Such a handsome Marine, even if he complains about allergies and is a bit of a pink flower. That's not very nice. Okay, they were severe allergies. I'll have you know, severe allergies. And they go on and they go on and they go on. And look, I look, I could read these reviews about me being handsome all night long, but I like to save those until right before bed, what I do is I pull them up and I sit and I read them to the wife. I say, no, 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 honey, you'll love this one. <laughs> Let's get to some emails before I get back to all this stuff. Listening to your uh, Tuesday show and heard the guy from Canada that wants out but cannot because he needs to be vaccinated to get a visa. I'm shocked that you didn't suggest he fly to Mexico, rent a car, and drive to the river. Two million people came across the border with no vaccine requirements. Problem solved. I'll be honest with you. I actually thought about that on the fly when he was on the phone. A couple things were holding me back. One, remember he has a wife. Uh, you don't want to make that trip as a lady. You don't want to make that trip as a lady. And you know what? We're going to talk about border here in just a second. But two, once again, because apparently my audience appears to lean this way a little more. I have to clarify something. I am not allowed by law to encourage you to break the law behind the microphone. They would just shut the show off. I'm not allowed to do that ever. And so I won't ever do that. So I can't tell you to illegally immigrate to the United States of America. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. No, no. In all seriousness, let's, let's, let's talk about that as long as we're talking about scandals, right? As long as we're talking about scandals. 1.9 million. That's how many apprehensions there have been at the border last year. 1.9 million. But it's actually a lot worse than that. We didn't deport them. When they say 1.9 apprehensions at the border, it's not as, I mean, it creates this image in your mind of, whoa, whoa, hold on there, ma'am. Turn around and march it on back to Guatemala. You're not coming in here. No. 
They brought them in, and look, 1.9 million people is a lot of people. It's tough to find a place for 1.9 million people. And remember all the hubbub that, about Donald Trump's concentration camps down at the border? You remember. I know you remember. So the Biden administration couldn't afford, after they created the surge at the border, they couldn't afford to just stack them up like sardines down there and toss them a burrito. They started releasing them in mass within the borders of the United States of America. They're not deporting these people. And, Chris, play number 18, the DHS secretary, Mayorkas, he won't even admit it's a problem. As you were looking at these scenes, and you were there, is this a crisis? Let, let, me, um, let me share with you uh, quite clearly. It is heartbreaking to see because what we are seeing is vulnerable individuals having been deceived by smuggling in, uh, organizations and misinformation take the perilous journey north when we have been quite clear that it will not be successful and that is not what they should do. This is really, this is something we haven't seen before. This camp inside of the United States, what is the reticence to call something that is so clearly a crisis, a crisis? Uh, I call it um, a heartbreaking uh, situation, a tremendous challenge. Can we pause for a moment and talk about his voice? Do you know what his voice sounds like? You ever see that movie Labyrinth? You see that creepy movie Labyrinth with uh, what's uh, what's David Bowie singing his way through it? It's a totally weird movie. By the way, the wife really seems to like that movie a little too much. But we're setting that aside. He sounds like one of the characters from there. But setting that aside, I actually have some good news about Mayorkas. You know how there was a little bit of talk. There should be a lot of talk, but there's been a little talk about possibly impeaching Joe Biden if the Republicans take back the House of Representatives. I talked to Congressman Andy Biggs on my TV show. Remember, I have a TV show every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern on the first TV, and I had Andy Biggs on there. It's on again tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And Andy told me there is a good chance and a lot of ground to impeach Mayorkas when they take back the House of Representatives. Now, that might be a little spicy, right? But let's get back to the, 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 the task at hand here. 1.9 million people? Not citizens, not people with any loyalty or mooring to the United States of America have been released within the borders of the United States of America. That's a gigantic deal. That's There's only 330 million people in the country. That's reshaping the nation. You can't just take in 2 million people in one year. Remember, that's one year. We're, we're, we're just starting 2022. Do the math on that if Joe Biden lasts four years. I mean, well, it's not like Dome's going to get in and put a stop on anything anyway. If anything, she's going to you know, keep the flow going as she does. Four years. Now, I may have went to community college, but that pencils out to about 8 million people. That's reshaping the United States of America. That's a huge, huge deal. And we can't. We can't even get a public message out there to tell these people to stop. I mean, it's all over the news. There's wave after wave after wave after wave, human waves coming here. And I I mentioned a little bit earlier when I read that email about how the guy wouldn't want to make that trip with his wife. I understand there are a bunch of kids listening and it's a family show, so I won't go into the details of it. But the things that happened to women on that trip, man, it'll turn your stomach. 
If you've got a strong stomach and you're not one of the kids listening, go look it up. Go look up the rape trees. That's what they're called. You'll see pictures of them. It's it's horrific. And we're not only enabling that, we're causing that here. We are causing that here. That's how sick and depraved this administration is. All right, we got a lot to talk about with the great Carol Roth next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Was that LL Cool J? Joining me now is my friend Carol Roth. She is the author of the great book, The War on Small Business, former investment banker. Carol, is that LL Cool J? Mama said, knock you out. You got it. <laughs> Gosh. All right, Carol, I want to play something for you here really quickly because it's time for you and I to have a hard talk right here on national radio. Here are the top five outbound states, the states with the highest percentage of people moving out versus moving in. See if you can spot a trend. The top outbound states for 2021, New Jersey, 71% of its moves were out. Fourth year in a row, New Jersey's held that, quote, title. Up next, Illinois, and New Jersey's neighbor to the north, New York, then New York's neighbor to the northeast, Connecticut, and rounding out the top five, California. Carol, when are you going to get out of Chicago and come down to some place where it's sunny and you can be free? Well, you know, it's my fantastic football team, the Chicago Bears, that are solidly keeping me here. I think we've won about five games this year. Hmm. Uh, You know, I always say that I pay a stupid tax for family. So I have extended family. I grew up on the North Shore of Chicago after living in Pennsylvania and California back here again. And unfortunately, you know, this is where everybody else is choosing to live. So it's their fault, Jesse. You know, Carol, I, I took you as a lot of things, but not someone who would pass off responsibility on to family <laughs> members. But I guess I will. I guess I will let that one go. All right, Carol, we we've been told a lot of things about what's coming as far as the dollar in the coming year. Hyperinflation, stagflation, inflation. People don't know what to make of it, but none of it sounds good. You are probably the best person I know at talking about this stuff. What is coming in your mind? So I think that the one thing we can definitely agree on is higher prices for pretty much everything. Uh, We've had trillions of dollars in monetary policy. We've had trillions of dollars in stimulus. We've had the government interfere with the free market, um, and that means we have labor shortages and a messed up supply chain, and all of that leads to pressure um, in terms of higher prices. And when you have higher input costs, higher operating costs, higher labor as a business, you're looking to recoup some of those costs. That means that's going to get passed on to the consumer, and you, the consumer, is, are going to end up spending more and getting less. And unfortunately, that is the reality and the outcome of these fantastic central planners who think that they're so smart and know what to do. And frankly, all they've been doing is transferring wealth from Main Street to Wall Street. Carol, can you explain, I mean, as best you can, how's the normal person, how's a normal person supposed to handle this? I mean, my wife and I, we sit down and we budget. She's an accountant. You know, we don't have unlimited money, but we got to sit down and we got to figure things out all the time. What's a normal normal person supposed to do when the cost of everything in their life goes up? I mean, they're officially poorer. 
Yeah, they are. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish I could make sense out of insanity. It means that you need to really think about, you know, how you're going to spend every dollar where you may have been a little bit more capricious uh, or wanting to, you know, take that you know, little bit extra vacation day or staying somewhere a little bit nicer. You may want to pare back a little bit um, because you are going to be facing higher prices for everything. And, oh, by the way, when your tax bill comes due, you're going to be potentially facing more taxes because you didn't realize you got a child credit, uh, child care credit, that you now have to uh, you know, account for at the end of, of tax season. And so whatever you may have gotten back in terms of a refund or however much you may have had to pay in um, is going to be shifted because they didn't do a real good job of, of explaining that. It made it seem like you were getting free money when it was really an advance on one of your deductions. Carol, uh, would you just actually pause there? Again, we're speaking with Carol Roth, recovering investment banker and, more importantly, author of the book on the war on small business. Walk us through this from the beginning, Carol, the child tax credit. What are you talking about? I've been getting this money all the time. I, what do you mean pay it back? I don't understand. Yeah, so it's uh, a credit, uh, something that you get to deduct from your taxes. And so basically what most people got was the equivalent of an advance. Think of it as a payday loan on a deduction that you have for your taxes. So instead of deducting it in April or whenever it is that you file your taxes, uh, they gave that to you up front. But it doesn't mean you get it get to take it again. So that money's already been accounted for, which means there will be a lot of people saying, oh, wait, what do you mean I don't get that write-off? Or, you know, what do you mean? And so there are a lot of people who are going to end up paying more in taxes um, or potentially getting less back than expected. And let me tell you, Jesse Kelly, that's not the other big change that's coming around this year. Oh, Carol, please do tell. <laughs> so this one is this one is for 2022, and it affects anybody who sells on eBay or Etsy, or if you rent out your house as a, a vacation home for a few days on Airbnb. Basically, anybody who sells in a marketplace, a lot of hobbyists and stay-at-home moms. Basically, there used to be a, record, a reporting requirement um, from the IRS called a 1099-K, and it would be triggered. The IRS would get notified by these platforms or by PayPal if you did $20,000 in transactions and 200 transactions over the course of a year because, you know, if you have a side business, they want to know. Now, as you know, the Democrats really want the billionaires to pay their fair share, so what did they do? They lowered that threshold from $20,000 and 200 transactions to $600. So if you sell a couple things from around your house on eBay, um, even if you may not need to report that for tax purposes because you have a tax basis for it or whatever, that's going to trigger an alert to the IRS. And if they don't see that accounted for on your taxes, guess who might get audited? Carol, do professional gamblers have to pay taxes or do they actually pay taxes? I always wondered that when you see the guys in the movies who pull all the chips and stuff in and they, they cash it all out and they, of course, have a couple pretty girls as they leave the casino. <laughs> they surely don't pay taxes on that, right? No, they actually 
actually do. So my sister, oh. um, uh, who is like, you know, sort of off the radar, but one of the, the great things about her, she's really lucky. She's like that person. Mm. So she's actually won like slot tournaments in Vegas before. She won 25 grand one time in a slot tournament and she plays poker and all that kind of stuff. And so if you have over that threshold of winnings, you do get a tax form. <laughs> Slot tournaments? There's a tournament for people who pull the lever. A tournament, but if you are a big roller in slots, like they fly out, they give you the free buffet. Like this is a whole big to do for slots, and that's by the way where they make all their money. Oh, I want to be a big roller. I want a private jet. <laughs> I'm I'm going to make this happen. Carol Roth, what are you having for dinner tonight? All right. Well, you know, one of the things in hanging out with all these conservatives is I've become very domesticated. So <laughs> I'm going to make myself a breakfast sandwich. So ciabatta roll, egg, um, some cheese and bacon. What kind of cheese? So I'm going to do a little pub cheese spread, you know, to get some moisture in oh, there. Oh, and I unfortunately yeah. don't have any American cheese. I'm all out. So I'm going to go with a nice Gouda because it's very melty. There's nothing wrong with Gouda. Yeah. May I ask, mayo or if you're feeling classy, Miracle Whip? No, see, this is where the pub cheese comes in. There, there's no room for mayo, so you take the, the spreadable cheese, and that gives you your moisture element, and you get two cheeses. You get two you know, the processed cheese and then the natural cheese, which prevent, which like kind of combines for the ultimate cheese blend. Well, that's fine, Carol. You're not cheating me. You're cheating yourself. Carol yep. Roth, she's the author of The War on Small Business. Thank you, ma'am. Always a pleasure. Do you remember the Haitians on the border? Oh, maybe you forgot about that. Am I supposed to be talking about January 6th? I'm sorry. I would like to talk about the Haitians on the border. I think we'll be bringing that up in just a second, but first. Oh, and I'll get to your phone calls. 877-377-4373. What do you think the big issues are we should be talking about? But first, the testosterone thing is a really big deal, guys. It's not just something people talk about. The testosterone levels are at an all-time low, at an all-time low. There's all kinds of garbage in the water, in the plastics. It's not good. You need help. And as you get older, the numbers go down anyway. Don't go inject yourself with a bunch of chemical crap. You don't have to do anything. There are natural options for you. That's why I love Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q. One, they're an American company, and when you talk to these guys, (laughs) they're just like us. They know we need strong men to lead the country, and they have United States manufacturing, and they have natural herbal supplements. Chalk Daily, I take it every single day, 20% increase in total testosterone in clinical studies. And I take their Chalk Tonkat 100 every day, too. Go to choq.com and use the promo code JESSE, and you get 50% off right now. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, I feel like you play some Led Zeppelin, not enough Led Zeppelin. And I'll tell you something. No, no, look, I'm just giving you an honest critique. It's just you and me talking. I don't feel like I ever hear when the levee breaks. Why don't we ever hear when the levee breaks? Do you know get, when the levee breaks ready? Do you know when they recorded when the levee breaks in order to get it to sound really cool like it sounds with the drums and stuff? I don't know. I'm not a musician. Do you know when they recorded it, they uh, took the drum set into a stairwell so they could get the drums to pop more like the drums pop on that. How about that? Chris, play it. 
great song. That's a great song. That's a great song. Look, I would play the whole thing, but apparently there are rules against that sort of thing. You know, let's get to a couple emails. Dear Oratory Oracle, your great speech earlier this week attacking communism was fantastic. I wonder how that might translate to your support of Trump running again. We all like DeSantis, but who wouldn't hurt the communist? Who would hurt the communist feelings more? Who do they hate the most? I think nobody would get under their skin quite like a Trump return to office. God bless. He said, I can use his name. His name is Ryan. I mean, look, you, you, you may be right, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't believe they hated Donald Trump just because of the way Trump is. That, now, that was part of it. There's no question about it, how he would blast away at the media, and I liked that part, and I think he really showed the GOP how to do that quite a bit. I liked that part. But there's, there's a, th- a way of thinking on the right that I disagree with completely. I think it's dead wrong, that they think the Donald Trump was treated the way he was treated because of him, because he's different. You're not seeing a normal Democratic Party anymore. I keep trying to explain what's happening. They're ramping up, ramping up. Everything is growing and getting more vicious and more nasty and more crazy. They're ramping up. It's not just a, well, it's back and forth. Oh, it's Mitt Romney. We'll be mean, but not that mean. Whoa, Donald Trump, let's really get him. No. If there's another Republican president and he's not Donald Trump, He's going to be treated worse than Donald Trump was treated because you're not seeing normal politics anymore. That's what I've been trying to explain. The coming years, sadly, they're not going to look anything like what you've lived through in your lifetime, no matter how old you are. It's going to be different. How bad is it going to get? I don't know. It might get really bad. Well, let's see. They impeached Donald Trump twice in four years. That's after a two-year Mueller investigation they knew was bunk from the very beginning. They still, two years of it. Remember this, too? Remember, you know what? While we're on the subject, I might as well discuss it a little bit. Remember the Mueller investigation. And let's keep this in mind when we bring up the Mueller investigation. That took place when Republicans held the presidency, the House, and the Senate. And yet somehow a special prosecutor got put through, a special prosecutor who then used a team to tear apart Donald Trump and all the people around him for two years. And that special prosecutor, Mueller, knew one year into it before the midterms, he knew Donald Trump didn't collude with Russia. Robert Mueller knew before the midterms, he came out and said it afterwards, he knew before the midterms that Donald Trump didn't collude with Russia, and yet he chose not to say anything so Democrats could win back the House of Representatives. Two years of it with a Republican president, Republican House, Republican Senate. Why do I tell you it's only ramping up and up and up? That's what they managed to pull off with a Republican House, Senate, and presidency. What do you think they're going to do the next time a GOP is president uh, or a Republican is president? And let's say, let's say they just win back the House. They're going to impeach the next Republican, whether it's Trump, DeSantis, Cruz, whoever it is. They're going to impeach the next Republican 9,000 times. It's what I've been saying is the left in this country has never been more nasty. They are full-blown nasty communists now. They've never ramped it up too much. And the good news is this. 
The right, the base of the right, you, me, we've never been more aware of it. You get it now. I mean, you sat back and watched in horror with your jaw hanging open the way things have gone for the last five years. You get it now. I get it now. I, I get it all the way. I know you do too. That's all the good news. The bad news is this, and this is, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but bad news is this. I don't think the GOP gets it. I don't think the elected Republicans understand what time it is at all. I think they are still grossly behind the eight ball and they don't understand the viciousness of the other side. They don't understand what's happening out there. They don't understand why it's happening. They don't get it. And there's something about that DC bubble. They're just there's something about the DC bubble. It pulls them too far away from normal people. I've talked about it before. I think it's a huge benefit for me on my show, a huge benefit that I don't live in Washington, D.C., and I don't live in New York City. And I hate Washington, D.C., but I love New York City, you know. But I think it's a benefit I don't live where they create a bunch of media. And I think it's a huge benefit I don't live where they do all this politics stuff all the time. Because even on the right, you all hang out with the same people. You hang out at the same restaurants with the same meetings. you got the same conference. You're not talking to normal people. I don't hang out with anybody political. The only political people I see are Chris and Michael. That's the only political people I have in my life. Even my wife isn't that into it. My neighbors, the, the, could I, the, what's a construction guy? I got another guy uh, works for an oil company. Another guy owns a local restaurant. I just talk to normal people. And so I understand the level of anger out there. These people in D.C., they just don't. They get lost. You see even good ones. Even some of the great ones, they get lost. Greetings, Oracle. We heard about your fantastic vacation to Florida. Have I mentioned I took a vacation to Florida? What, Chris? People like to know when you were on a nice vacation. Don't throw things. Uh, We heard about your fantastic vacation to Florida, but what did Chris do while you were on vacation? Or Or Michael? What did Michael do on vacation? Thanks for all you do, and you can always use my name. Oh, I don't know. I didn't ask about what they did. I just told them what I did. You know, I don't talk. When I talk to other people, here's the thing. I'm not interested in anything that's going on in their lives. When I talk to other people, I really just focus mostly on me. I tell other people about myself and everything I have going on and here's what I'm doing. And I found that I'm much happier that way when I don't have to pretend to care about anything they're doing. I don't understand what I don't understand what the problem is at all. It's fine. <laughs> all right. We're finally gonna get to the Haitians thing here in just a second. But first, have you switched your phone to Pure Talk yet? I mean, understand this. Even even if you're not all about putting your money where your morals are, which I bet you are, but even if you're not all about that, for no other reason but to save money, switch to Pure Talk. The average family saves over $800 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. Well, Jesse, I don't want to switch phones. Keep your phone. They just send you a new SIM card. You put it in and boom, you're with Pure Talk. Or if you want a new iPhone 12 or iPhone 13, they have that too. And they make it cake from your cell phone right now. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Great coverage. Save a bunch of money. And it's a patriotic company. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Jesse Kelly show and reminder tomorrow is an ask Dr. Jesse Friday a little different on this show Fridays are the whole show I answer the questions you email in jesse at jessekellyshow.com doesn't matter what the question is doesn't have to be political it can be that's fine whatever the question is that's what I answer on Fridays you see this this wacko outlet called Vox (laughs) the average American Eats 174 animals per year. 23 chickens. Man, I bet you I eat more than 23 chickens. I eat a lot of chicken. I eat a lot of chicken. I'm I'm single-handedly slaughtering the chicken population. One-third of a pig. Probably not you, Chris. One-tenth of a cow. Three-fourths of a turkey. Not me. I actually have taste. A small amount of duck. Oh, that's not true. When's the last time? Chris, when's the last time you even had duck? I don't remember last time. I'll tell you, though, I went to this wedding one time. It was a fancy one. See, I've been to some really high class and some really low class weddings. The low class ones are almost always more fun. But this one was, uh, it was a media person. This is a few years ago. And they invite the wife and I out to some uh, fancy wedding out in Connecticut. It was out in kind of like, not the the major cities. It was out in the hinterlands of Connecticut. And it was one of those, you know, go go stay in a log cabin and pretend like you're country type things. But they served duck steaks at the wedding. Yeah, Chris, decent sized steaks. Apparently these ducks, they'd been fattening them up for a while, pal. These were decent sized steaks. Fantastic. Absolutely Fantastic. I've looked into duck before, and I thought it was too expensive, so I know Chris isn't going to buy it, but I'll tell you what, it was pretty good. 12 fish, also not me. 137 shellfish, definitely not Chris. I feel like I'm definitely over on the chickens. I'm definitely over on the chickens. What? Chris said, doesn't a third seem low for the pig, for the pig? It does seem low. I'm way over. I know that, pal. I've made up for your share, Chris. <laughs> All right, back to the story. Do you remember? Because remember, this is, we're not talking about what the communists want us to talk about today. We're, we're doing our own thing. We're not talking about January 6th because there are much bigger fish to fry. Do you remember when the Haitians came to the border? You remember that? It, it came out of nowhere. No, no one knew it was coming. And we woke up one day, I know you remember now, and there were 14,000 Haitians on our southern border. And they were just there. And no one seemed to understand what to do with them. And I'm going to go into that here in just a moment. 
And the one guy, remember there was a Border Patrol agent. He was on horseback, and he was out there trying to keep them from crossing into the United States of America. And he had his reins in one hand because he's on horseback, and he reaches down with the other hand and grabs the guy by the scruff of the back of his neck. And do you remember, instead of attacking the Haitians and getting them out of the country, Chris, play 19, they attacked the Border Patrol agent. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. We have been swift and thorough in our response. First, we immediately contacted the Office of Inspector General and launched an investigation into the events that were captured in the disturbing images of horse patrol units. We ceased the use of horse patrol units in the area. The agents involved in these incidents have been assigned to administrative duties and are not interacting with migrants while the investigation is ongoing. I directed the personnel from the CBP Office of Professional Responsibility to be on-site in Del Rio full-time to ensure adherence to the policies, training, and values of our department. The highest levels of the CBP Office of Professional Responsibility. All right, we've heard that guy's creepy voice long enough. It's weird how they crack down immediately on that, but not when we sent a Reaper drone to incinerate 10 innocent people in Afghanistan. Funny how that works. And it is funny. We have the California raisin Maxine Waters. Chris, play number 20, please. She didn't hesitate at all to say a Border Patrol agent trying to keep a Haitian from illegally invading the United States of America is... Worse than slavery? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys with their reins again whipping black people, Haitians, into the water where they're scrambling and falling down and all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. All they're trying to do is escape the violence in their country. And that's not even the worst part of this whole scandal. It wasn't even the Border Patrol agent, although that's the most disgusting part. The worst part was, remember this? We woke up two or three days later, and they were gone. They were just gone. We were looking around saying, um, please tell me they didn't all just come in here. I mean, Mr. Government, they, they didn't all just come in here, right? Guys? Guys, where are the Haitians at? Oh, yeah, they all came in. They just opened up the doors and let them all in. Because we are such a rudderless, broken society, we actually think turning people away from our border at the border is somehow inhumane. Instead, we just continue to flood this nation with immigrant after immigrant after immigrant. Chris, would you do me a favor, please? Play number 21, because do keep in mind... They're still coming. After this latest round, there could be yet another migrant caravan heading north. Sources here on the ground in Texas tell us they're tracking a group of 20,000 people who just crossed the southern border of Mexico, and they're heading north and could land anywhere here along the U.S.-Mexico border within the next month. Oh, goody. That's wonderful news. All right, that's enough of that. Chris, look, it's my fault. Here we are two hours into the show, and I didn't even play our fearless leader. Joe Biden got up and spoke today, had this to say. Even before the first ballot was cast, 
the former president was preemptively sowing doubt about the election results. He built his lie over months. It wasn't based on any facts. He was just looking for an excuse, a pretext, to cover for the truth. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results are inaccurate. In fact, in every venue where evidence had to be produced, the former president failed to make his case. Just think about this. The more they insist the election was totally on the up and up, the more suspicious people are going to be. That's just a fact. They continue to remember. Remember, they do this all the time. The communist is masterful at this. In the immediate wake of the election, there was a bunch of stuff that didn't look right, right? Didn't look right at all. And so we started asking questions, understandable questions. I know you remember how that night went. I know because I was, you know, I do a TV show every night. My show's on the first TV, 9 p.m. Eastern time every night. I'm on again tonight. And I had to do live election coverage that night. And I don't want to make myself out to be a hero, Chris, but what? I was on TV for like four hours. It was backbreaking work, backbreaking. <laughs> but at the end of the night, in all seriousness, it was uh, 9, 10 o'clock at night, I think. We signed off. And remember how this was? It looked like Trump had won. He was up in all the swing states, and he was up pretty comfortably. And I went home. It had been a long day of brutal radio and TV. And I went home and went to sleep. And I just thought, I went, home, I went to sleep with a smile on my face. I thought, oh, nice. We got Trump again. That's a good deal. And I woke up the next morning, and I rolled over and looked at my phone and said, uh, what? What do you mean a, what do you mean a bunch of ballots came in at, at midnight? That doesn't seem right. Wait, they came in everywhere at midnight? We had all these ballots during a time when there was all this mail-in voting, and all these ballots came in at midnight? That doesn't seem right. And look, even if you're one of these people who says it all was on the up and up, I mean, it doesn't look right. And you're not going to tell people who are convinced it looks bad. You're not going to, t- you're not going to shut them up by telling them, fairest election ever. Okay, now I think you're, now I'm sure you're lying. You could have looked into it. You could have done something, but they didn't at all. Instead, what do they do? Once again, they talk down to you. And I'm not just talking about the Democrats and the media and and all these people. Half the Republicans, at least, talk down to you about it. They look down their nose at us like we're these disgusting cretins. Oh, don't get me wrong. They'll come out hat in hand about election time. Help me fight for this or that. Donate 50 bucks to Lindsey Graham. Oh, they all come out about election time, and now they look like these fighters, right? But then the second they win election again, they go right back to D.C. They mock us. They go behind closed doors. They have a couple bourbons in them, and they laugh about you, and they laugh about me. And they think we're just these uneducated rubes, and it grosses me out. All right, that's enough of that. We'll get to some more emails. We have some more scandals. Oh, I'm not done yet. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. All right, all right, all right. We're going to get to some emails now. Give me just a second here. Let's get to let, 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 you know what You know what my favorite emails are, Chris? The ones that pay compliments to me. What? 
I like those. Those have always been my favorites. Uh, the, the, the death threats are nice, too. But the, Dear Jedi Jesse. You know, oh, here, full disclosure. That actually brings up something in my mind. When the kids... I'm, I like that my sons are getting older, right? My sons are 11 and they're 13. And I love them this age. They're a blast. I mean, you, you talk to them and it's just they're fun. Their personalities are going. You see them becoming fine young men. It's fine. But they can tell lies now when you're lying to them. Or they can, they can tell when you're lying is what I'm saying. And it sucks. For so long, I would lie and lie and lie. I told them I was the Incredible Hulk for years and they would say, well, why haven't we ever seen you turn green and get mad? And I tell them, well, I just, I, I hold it back. I don't want to hurt anybody. I wait till you're asleep. What, Michael? I understand I have to get more sophisticated with the lies, but part of it was also the Jedi thing. My kids started watching. They're, they're not big into Star Wars, but they watched some Star Wars. And I told them I was part Jedi too. And I told my youngest, whose name is Luke, I said, that's why we named you Luke, because I'm a Jedi, Right. And so I used to, we'd be, we'd be out to dinner or something like that. And I'd take one of the little pepper shakers back when you could get pepper shakers. And I would put my hand up to it and I'd act like I was trying to suck it over to my hand. And then I'd say, oh, wait, the waiter's coming. I can't do it right now. I'll have to wait and do it later. And they used to take that hook, line and sinker forever. And now all they do is roll their eyes. They're like, no, you're not dad. And it's, it's, you know what? It hurts me. It hurts. And moving on. Dear Jedi Jesse. I heard you read the email, email theorizing that America's yearning for someone to fill the masculinity gap in our country is why your show has been growing so rapidly. Yeah, somebody said that a little while ago. That is part of it, but with all due respect to the proponent of this theory, I would like to share the main reason. It's as simple as this. You make history and information very entertaining. I know you're uncomfortable with the Rush Limbaugh comparison, but I have to make it. There will never be another Rush. No, there won't be another Rush. But you are the only one on the air right now that comes close to him at making information entertaining. I used to get strange looks from people when I would bust out laughing for no apparent reason when I had Rush's voice coming through my earbuds. Now I'm busting loose with random laughs again. One of my loudest was around Thanksgiving when you said you were thankful for being right so often. <laughs> Congratulations on your success and thanks for keeping me informed and laughing. You said I can say his name. His name is Dave. That reminds me, speaking of history... <clears throat> you ever heard of the Reichstag fl- fire? The Reichstag fire? Ever heard of it? I mean, no, it's not that I'm saying this has anything to do with January 6th or anything like that, but just walk with me here. Walk with me. After World War I, the Treaty of Versailles was signed in World War I, or at the end of World War I, and what it basically did was it just it, it pointed all the fingers at Germany and it said, this is all your fault. And it wasn't all Germany's fault. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to assign blame to one entity. But they decided, since Germany lost, it's all your fault. And they, did, they limited Germany's military. They put the most brutal economic sanctions you've ever heard of in your life on Germany. And on top of the economic sanctions, they actually took some of the most profitable areas of Germany away from Germany and gave them to France. So here, you owe me a bunch of money. Oh, let me cut your right arm off so you can't make money. It was that kind of a deal. And they told them, hey, no more of this Kaiser stuff. The, the, the king, basically. No, no more king stuff. Figure something else out. And we went into, well, we, not I wasn't there, but they went into a period of time when they were trying to figure out 
how to form a new government. And you've never been through that. I've never been through that. How do you start a new government? Like, you know me, I would just make myself dictator and I'd be like, we're good to go. But if you're trying to come up with a new form of government, it's hard. And they started launching into these just years of garbage and they couldn't get things figured out. And the sanctions had them handcuffed. If they had a great stable government, it wouldn't have been great. But they didn't even have a stable government. So what happened was the people kept electing all these new people to lead the country. And I need to explain something to you because this is going to come into play for our story. They had a president. All right. So obviously president was the big cheese. Underneath the president was a chancellor. Now, remember, he's underneath the president. He did not have the power of the president, but he had a lot of power as chancellor. And then they had essentially a Congress. I'm going to call it a Congress. They met at the Reichstag. That was their Capitol building, basically. Along come, there are a bunch of political parties vying for power right now at this point in time in Germany. And this two-party thing that we have in America is not normal. Keep that in mind. Countries all over the world have tons of political parties. Canada has like 30-some. I mean, there's a lot. And so what happens is in other countries, we don't necessarily recognize this because it doesn't work this way here, but in other countries, you form coalitions with other parties who kind of align with you. Hey, we don't agree on everything, but we're kind of okay on this. Hey, guys, let's all get together on this. And there were a bunch of communist socialist types, different groups, uh, Democrat workers, communist socialists. Those were those were taking off in Germany at the time. There were a bunch of well, the Nazis were one of the Nazis were starting. They were real, real low. But there were a bunch of different sides on some version of the political right, just more conservative. We don't want communism, that kind of thing, more capitalism type thing. Well, the Nazis started. They started in beer halls. That's really where they started. And Hitler, he was actually sent down to investigate the Nazis. He was with the army at the time, and the Nazis were starting to make a bunch of noise. And they told this guy, Hitler, I mean, he was just kind of a runner. He wasn't anybody big in the army. But they told him, hey, go down to these beer halls, blend in a little bit, and kind of go come back and give us a report on what's going on. They wanted to keep the, an eye on the, on, the, on the Nazis down there. So they send Hitler down. Whoopsie. Hitler likes what he hears. And remember, Hitler was an idiot. I mean, he, and I'm not saying that one of these guys, look how anti-Hitler I am. He just was genuinely a moron. He, he was really not good at anything so much except for speaking. Hitler was an extremely persuasive speaker. And if you've ever seen any of those sicko videos of him speaking, you realize that. And Hitler, not, he kept going down to, quote, investigate the Nazis. And he started getting up in these beer halls and giving speeches on their behalf. And he starts speaking for them. And I'll continue this history story that's totally not about January 6th in just a second. Let me stand next to your fire. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. All right. Don't forget, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions emailed into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Back to our, we're telling a little history story in case you missed it, about the Reichstag fire. Not that that has anything to do with January 6th and what the Democrats are absolutely doing right now. Not that that's what's happening at all. But back to where we were. 
Where we were was post-World War I, Germany in disarray, poor, things are going very badly, the government seems to be changing hands, there's all kinds of different political parties and factions vying for power, socialists, communists, uh, the Nazis are very, very tiny at this point in time, but they're just starting out, more traditional capitalist conservative types, all, all kinds of different parties. Adolf Hitler sent to investigate these Nazis who seem to be making a lot of noise and sound like they might be a little violent at the beer halls. Beer halls were a big thing. They're just what you'd think, too. A bunch of working-class dudes going in, hammering some German beer, and gosh, that sounds fantastic. But, you know, don't get me distracted right now. Well, maybe not the Nazi part, but the beer hall part sounds really nice. What, Chris, you don't like beer? You just don't like German beer for historical reasons. German beer is a... St- you know what? You know, I'm not dealing with you right now, Chris. Hitler gets up and starts speaking on behalf of these Nazis, starts to take a liking to them. They start to realize we have something here. This guy has real, real, real skills behind the microphone. They start throwing some weight behind him. They get some rich guys behind him who are sympathetic to these, this Nazi cause. The Nazis start throwing some weight around. They start getting violent because, well, they're Nazis. Very, er- very early on, they start to try to use violence as a way to push people around and get some of the things they want. At some point, they even try something you've heard before called the beer hall putsch. Now, it's, P- it's, it's P-U-T, okay? It's not a push. It's a putsch. It's putsch is basically an attempted overthrow. And it was this really sloppy, ham-handed attempt to seize power. They were trying to kidnap some politicians. And, you know, give me all the power. I, it was really, really stupid. Some, a couple of people get shot. A couple of people killed. Hitler gets thrown in jail, but just for a year. Hitler comes out of jail. The Nazis have not gone away. They're starting to get a little bit of a toehold. Now, remember, this is a coalition government at the time. All kinds of different parties trying to get as many seats as possible in the Congress, trying to get the presidency, trying to get to be chancellor, trying to get to be these things. The Nazis start gaining some power. One year, they were like 3%. Then before too long, they were 18%. They're growing and they're growing and they're growing. And the Nazis were pretty good at understanding the parts of the government they needed to control. You start getting to be 18%. Now you're not going to be running things, mind you, but you are big enough to make some demands. The Nazis started to make some demands. I mean, a lot of, some of this was pushing, some of this was carrot, some of it was stick, right? But they start making some demands, and one of them eventually was this. They said, hey, 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 look, we don't want total power. We're not crazy, We do want Hitler to be made chancellor, though. And I understand there's a bunch of different things going on in the country. We want to be put in charge of the interior. Now, I know there's we don't want to be in charge of the army or we're not asking for anything crazy. Just put us in charge of the interior. And because they didn't seem to understand what they were dealing with, they said, "Okay, I mean, what's the harm? Chancellor isn't even that big of a deal. An interior is not even that important. Who cares? They gave Hitler the chancellorship, and they gave the Nazis charge of the interior. Well, the Nazis understood something that the other people in Germany simply did not understand. By now, they're about one-third. They got about one-third support in the country, and they understood this very well. Hold on a minute. The interior? 
That gives us control of the cops. Not that that kind of thing would happen in America or anything like that. Not that Democrats are uh, are attempting and have very much succeeded in taking over the Federal Bureau of Investigation. But the Nazis sure did back then. The Nazis looked around and said, well, wait a minute. We control all the cops now. And they promptly took all the socialists and communists who were in positions of power in the police forces and they ran them out of the police forces. Not that that kind of thing would ever happen in America today with any kind of a vaccine mandate or any kind of a mandate on like, you know, say New York City's police force purging the police of anyone who may have Republican leanings. Not that that thing would ever happen here. I'm just saying that would that happened back then. I'm certainly certainly not making any comparisons here. Well, that's when they decided to go for the coup de grace. You see, not only did they purge all the losers in their minds from the police force, well, now we need more people on the police force. We have all these guys who just decided to quit, even though we were pulling their fingernails out and made them quit. So they took all the little street SA guys, all all the street thugs, all the brown shirt types that were Nazis, and they filled the police forces with all their people. So now, and again, not that this would happen in America at all, all the power of law enforcement seemed to rest in the hands of the Nazis. And that's really all they needed, which led us to a really, really fateful night. You see, Hitler had already been going after the communists hard. And all of a sudden, there was a Dutch guy. He wasn't even German. There was a Dutch guy who had ties to the Communist Party. The Reichstag, the Capitol building, gets lit on fire. And they managed to find this guy all sweaty with fire sticks in his hands right outside. Funny how that worked, man. He was not only not German, he apparently was the worst criminal in the history of mankind. Except the Reichstag didn't just burn as if someone threw a little flammable stick on a little curtain on the outside. It seemed to have been lit from the inside in all the right places, in places that would make it burn to the ground. And Hermann Göring, he was one of Hitler's right-hand men. He happened to have an office close to the Reichstag building. And wouldn't you know, there was an underground tunnel leading from Göring's office over to the Reichstag. Hmm. It's funny how that ended up working. But look, let's get to the important part and how this applies to January 6th. Hitler, he decided to use this event to use this event for his own political purposes, that night the Nazis basically got the law to give them permission to eliminate anybody's rights and go after their political opponents. And they began throwing all their political opponents in jail. They began torturing their political opponents. They used a fire that was started in the Reichstag Almost undoubtedly, we'll never know for sure, almost undoubtedly by them, they used this gigantic event that took place in their capital as an excuse to turn law enforcement against their political opponents. Not that that kind of thing could ever happen here, but I just thought it might be a good night to do a little history walkthrough. Don't you think, Chris? Just learn a little bit about, about things that happened way back when. Not that any of those things would ever repeat themselves, huh? Why do you think I love history? Why do you think? Look, we joke about 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 the Oracle stuff because I give myself all these stupid nicknames. But why do you think I've been right so much? It's obviously not my intelligence. <laughs> why do you think I've been right so much? 
I read books. I watch documentaries and I read books and I know exactly who these people are and I know how they think and I know how they seize power. And I know this, I'll never know all the details around January 6th because we've got a different route. We'll never know all the details of it. I mean, they keep so much of it hidden, but I do know this for a fact at no other time in American history has the federal government have the federal law enforcement arms been so in the tank of the democratic party with their sights squarely set on you and set on me. Think. Always be thinking. Speaking of thinking, you know that's something we have to teach our kids to do, right? Kids don't just automatically just come out of the womb and, wow, he has problem solving. You have, you have to teach them that. We have to think about it. And I, I'll be honest with you, I've failed at that in some level. I, I, I probably let my kids do this too much or do that too much. I am thrilled about Annie's Genius Box. You see, Annie's Kit Club came out with Annie's Genius Box. And what it does is every single month they send a new box to your house. And every new box has three hands-on activities that will cause your child to think. Chemistry, aerodynamics. I mean, they're building robots, building hovercrafts. Your child will have to use their imagination, critical thinking skills. These things are incredible. There's even a cool little top-secret mission envelope kids love. If you have kids age 7 to 12, teach them to think. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash radio. That's annieskitclubs.com slash radio, and you save 75% off your first box. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly show. And before I get to headlines, I didn't get to, and I'll get to a couple more emails here real quick. Remember tomorrow's an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. So get your questions in now, Jesse at Jesse Kelly Your love, your hate, your death threats are welcome too, but mainly we want your questions for tomorrow. The whole show is your questions. They don't have to be political. It can be about anything at all. You want to talk about moving? We can do that. My perception of your show changed entirely when I recently found out from my coworker that Chris wasn't real. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to listen to your show. My perception changed meaning. How dumb I feel after all these years. I'm just finding out he's a figment of your imagination. I just assumed he doesn't talk back because he was really just rolling his eyes when you asked what, Chris. But since he was behind a soundproof room in a studio... It's no wonder I couldn't find pictures of him on the internet when I found out. Anyways, I just wanted to share a laugh and poke fun at myself. Keep up the good work in spreading the truth. Tell Chris I said hello. <laughs> Chris. All right. Let's once again do this. We've had to do this before. Okay, I feel like this is a ridiculous conspiracy theory that's floating around online. All right, we're going to put a stop to this once and for all. Chris, would you let everybody hear you now, please? See, told you, Jesse, I can't even begin to tell you how amazing our move from Oregon has been. My wife and I decided we'd have enough of the, we'd had enough of the tyrannical lockdowns and mask bullcrap, sold our house and moved to Texas. We don't know a soul here, don't have jobs lined up and have no family anywhere close. We moved to a little town outside of Fort Worth. Gosh, Fort Worth is cool. 
We've met some of the most friendly people we've ever met in our lives. I'm actually crying as I'm writing this because I feel so incredibly grateful to be here. I want nothing more than to pour myself into this amazing community. Both of us have been here less than a week and have interviews lined up and are searching for jobs. Texas forever. Thanks for being awesome, so on and so forth. No way to get it done. You're the one who packed it up and did the hard thing. That is freaking awesome. All right. Without further ado. And now. Here's a headline. Go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. According to the CDC, we have lost just as many 5- to 11-year-olds to suicide as we have to COVID. What we have done as far as national child abuse to children in this country, I will never, ever, ever forget it over a disease that is not a threat to them at all. It is a national disgrace. The Views, Anna Navarro claims Donald Trump was not legitimately elected in 2016. It is funny how quickly everyone forgets Democrats from Hillary Clinton on down all said the 2016 election wasn't legitimate. All the same people whining at you now say it was the fairest election ever. They were singing a different tune back then. Eric Swalwell, 2022 may be my last ever election If Dems lose, it is kind of amazing and impressive at this point in time how long Swalwell has managed to hang on. He's a moron. He farted on national television. That alone would sink most men. He got busted with a Chinese honeypot spy. He ran for president and embarrassed himself so bad I had that secondhand embarrassment every time he'd try to crack a joke and it wouldn't land. And yet he's still there. Senator Tim Kaine's nightmarish 24-hour commute, 27-hour commute on I-95. Senator Tim Kaine felt bad for stranded families. Temperature dropped. He shivered alone in his car, so on and so forth. Oh, I guess this, I I didn't, man, that's my fault. I didn't realize this article was going to try to make me feel bad for Senator Tim Kaine. Good, I hope he was cold. Harris, Harris compares January 6th to September 11th in the attack on Pearl Harbor. Well, I mean, Kamala Harris should probably stick with things like pearl necklaces and not Pearl Harbor. Defense, Whitmer's kidnapping plot disintegrated as FBI loses credibility. How much more credibility could the FBI possibly lose? Oh, yeah, just as long as we're doing a little refresh, let's go ahead and refresh. Uh, remember when they put it out in the news that a bunch of violent right-wingers were trying to kidnap the governor of Michigan? Oh, man, they busted a bunch of people. And then... And then it started to come out that it was all FBI, that the FBI was involved in every part of the plot, including the planning phase. Uh, We've got major, major problems at the FBI, and you're going to have to forgive me. They appear to be an organization intent on setting up and framing people on the right at this point in time. That's not good. Known Capitol rioter spent one day in jail while other while 80 others languish in the D.C. gulag. It is funny. His name is John Sullivan. You can go see a, 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 a mugshot of John Sullivan. He was uh, one of these Antifa Black Lives Matter types. He goes ahead and dresses up like a MAGA supporter, breaks into the Capitol, helps instigate others to break into the Capitol, He spends one day in jail, and then he's free, but the other legitimate Donald Trump supporters are still in jail. Oh, man, that's so funny. 
Remember that story I just told about the Reichstag fire? That's interesting. Novak Djokovic is refused entry into Australia over the vaccine exemption. I just want to point out that Michael gave me this story. I said I didn't want any tennis stories because no one cares about tennis. He insisted I would care about this anyway. I read the headline, and I still don't care at all. Headline, more money than God. Chinese Titan lavished Hunter Biden with a three-carat gem in an offer of $30 million. Here is your reminder that the President of the United States of America's son is still heavily financially tied to the communist Chinese. He hasn't even financially divested from them at all. He's currently getting half million dollars a pop for artwork from <clears throat> an anonymous buyer. Yeah, I wonder who that, what that guy's name is. Maxwell verdict is clouded after, after the juror's disclosure of past sexual abuse. One of the jurors went public and said she'd been abused in the past. And it is funny when you look into that juror and you know, the places she's been employed and Hmm, that is interesting. It looks like Ghislaine Maxwell might end up getting off scot-free. Funny how that works. Ghislaine Maxwell's guilty verdict will likely get tossed is the next one. How about that? Will likely get tossed. Headline, New Jersey gym owners arrested after repeatedly defying COVID shutdown orders. That's one of the older headlines. Do you remember that? You remember when we got a disease in this country that attacked fat people and they closed down the gyms? They closed down the gyms. They took down the outdoor basketball hoops. I remember, I believe this was in Venice Beach, California. If memory serves me, they even filled in the skate park with sand so people couldn't go out and skate. This has never been about health. Oh, oh, look at that. Turns out Moderna is now recommending a fourth shot, another booster. They are citing that the other one appears to be wearing off in effectiveness over time. So while you line up and get your 12th booster shot, we'll be here doing the Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday tomorrow. Email your questions into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's all. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.